0: You're listening to The Big Picture with Edwin Eisendraft on WCPT
1: 820. Hello, everybody. So um, what you're about to find out is that, you know, for Father's Day, I just scheduled people that I love to talk to, <laughs> you know, wonderful people and, and you know, friends. So uh, Yasmin Raj, back. She, uh, is back. She's the executive director of Swing Left. Uh, she's been on before. You know her. Absolutely fabulous, and it's a great organization. Yasmin, welcome back.
0: Thank you, Edwin. It's so great to be on, and happy Father's Day.
1: Thank you. We P- appreciate that. So, do do me a favor. Let's just cover some old ground first, because occasionally we do have new listeners. So, describe Swing Left and how it's grown, and, um, and you know, and, and what you're up to.
0: Yes. Uh, well, thank you for the question and thanks for this show. I really enjoyed your previous guest as well. Uh, Swing Left is an organization that started in 2017 in response to the election of Donald Trump. And the organization's mission has been really simple from the beginning. Uh, we exist purely to connect volunteers and donors uh, to make sure that their resources are best spent on the most competitive elections in the country, uh, so that whether someone has a few bucks or a few hours, uh, every single uh, bit of their resources is going to uh, protect or expand uh, or secure democratic majorities around the country. Uh, we began singularly focused on the House, as the, you know. As you know, that was the uh, single line of defense against Donald Trump in 2018, uh, and we have since expanded uh, to also uh, focus on the U.S. Senate, uh, governors' races, and state legislative races, and of course, uh, we are all in to uh, make sure that we are reelecting President Biden and Vice President Harris. Um, and when we began, uh, we began as a kind of viral moment um, and became the single largest driver of volunteer shifts uh, in 2018. Uh, in part because uh, so many people around the country in places like California and Illinois and New York didn't realize until that point that most Americans live within 90 minutes of their closest swing district. And so a lot of new people, um, you know, joined the fold uh, of our organization and have stayed involved in really inspiring ways. And we've grown, grown ever since. We now have a million members nationwide, uh, not just in the battleground states where, of course, we need to make sure that we've got a really strong presence of activists and donors, but also in what we call blue corridors, places like San Francisco and Chicago and New York city. Uh, again, 90 minutes away from swing districts in every single one of those cases, but also real important hubs of, uh, energy activity and resources, um, that we have as a party haven't invested in, in the same way that we have in battleground states.
1: Yeah. and, and, COVID also taught us that, you know, for those who are in Chicago or San Francisco, who can't actually even make it 90 miles, there's still stuff you can do, even if you never leave your basement. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. So, so uh, new cycle, new targets. Talk about, you know, which campaigns, which elections you're focused on and how you arrived at those.
0: Yeah. So, well, I think the last time we spoke was right before the Wisconsin Supreme Court race, which, of yep. course, we won. Uh, we are so proud of that. And um, as though we didn't need a reminder of the urgency of the impact of that, um, as you saw, the Supreme Court uh, just called the Alabama Congressional uh, District uh, a racial gerrymander. And the issue of redistricting has reemerged to the forefront of our national democratic strategy. We've now got a majority in the Wisconsin Supreme Court and the uh, gerrymandered lines in that state are now fair game uh, for a fair court to look at. So already seeing the potential fruits of the labor of fighting for uh, representation of small D Democrats uh, in courts across the country. So that's how we started the year. Uh, we are now working on two other odd year uh, elections. Number one is the upcoming Ohio ballot measure. This is the first ballot measure that we have taken on as an organization. And for folks unfamiliar, that's coming up on August 8th in Ohio. And essentially, it's a ballot measure um, about the sort of twin fights of uh, democracy and reproductive freedom. Um, I can share more about that. Uh, I'm sure this will be a big subject of our conversation, but uh, that's going to be a huge priority for us. The Virginia legislative election uh, is coming up in November. That's going to be a huge priority for us. And then we also launched our Win Back the House campaign uh, because, as you all know, Edwin, um, the majority, by the uh, Republican majority in the House was so laser thin. It was just 6,675 votes, which is almost a rounding error. I mean, that's just what we organizers like you and I call a field margin. Um, And so we started our win back the house campaign earlier than we've ever done that before to make sure we're organizing uh, to win back uh, a democratic majority. That's just within reach.
1: Oh my gosh. There's so much uh, to think about in what you just said for one. um, The reason why we have to fight to win back the house Mm -hmm. is that the, Um, forgive my rhetoric here, but the illegitimate and corrupt Supreme Court that just Mm -hmm. looked at uh, redistricting in Alabama and couldn't find a way to say it was legal. Um, So they said it was illegal. But they had the case in February a year ago, and they didn't take it. So they forced people to vote in districts that are unconstitutional, which is why the Republicans have the House. So that's I mean, right. uh, no no courage awards for uh, for this. Um, that's right. Uh, so that's right. And and you know I
0: I think you know Edwin when you and I first met in one of these conversations in what feels like a lifetime ago, but um, just in the summer of twenty twenty two. I mean, what you and I were talking about then was the narratives then that there was going to be this big red wave, and you and I knew that. Um, that was B.S. and that we were hearing a very different reality on the ground uh, because of the energy from volunteers, the energy from uh, from donors investing. Um, and I, I do think it's really important what you said about the Republicans know that, you know, history was on their side. Momentum was on their side. The fact that they won with such a narrow majority is something that we really need to keep reminding ourselves of, of of course, uh, you know, gerrymandering is front and center in that story, as you well said. But it's also that the majority of Americans, and your previous guest was uh, was talking about this quite a bit as well, the majority of Americans agree with where the Democratic Party is on democracy, on reproductive freedom, on uh, on preventing gun violence, on marriage equality, on every issue under the sun. And Republicans know that they don't have a path to victory in these places absent changing the rules, which is what they're doing in Ohio, uh, or they're trying to do in Ohio in this upcoming uh, ballot measure. Uh, and again, we can talk more about that. Um, and two, um, by uh, by distracting people with fear-mongering. And that's, you know, that's been their playbook for a while, but it's just um, the subtlety has really uh, has gone away. It's just, it's, it's front and center in everything they're doing.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's talk Ohio. We spent a good deal of time on this last week when you weren't here and i was talking to ohioans but it's worth revisiting um look everybody remember remember this the the uh ohio legislature again they're all in districts that their supreme court said were illegal they said to the supreme court too bad we're going to have them anyway they had an election with those districts uh, against the ruling of the supreme court then they said yeah not enough people vote in august we shouldn't have an august election And then uh, our side started to collect signatures for a November ballot initiative to change the Constitution to protect reproductive freedom. So they said, no, you know what, we're going to slip in an August election, even though the law says we can't have it. And yesterday, for gosh sakes, the new Ohio Supreme Court, because they changed the rules on how you get them, they got rid of the Supreme Court that said, the, the uh, legislative districts were illegal and they got a Supreme Court that would say it's OK to have an election in August, even though that election's illegal, which is what okay. they're doing. The state legislature okay. didn't change the law about August elections being illegal, but they're going to have one anyway for the sole purpose of sneaking a ballot measure on in a time when very few people vote um, to make it harder to change the Constitution. Right. So they want to okay. take away the ability to check their power. Their power, which is a minority power um, that is illegal, but nonetheless, there it is. So right. enter Yasmin, who is going to fix this problem for everybody. <laughs>
0: um, well, hopefully with a lot of partnership from uh, the listeners on this call, because this is an election that, um, you know, even for folks who are not in Ohio, it impacts, it impacts all of us. It's impacting our democracy and our and our freedoms. And I think it's important to zoom back out to 2022, Abortion was on the ballot, literally on the ballot, as a ballot measure in six states. In three of those states, it was proactive ballot initiatives. In three of those states, it was uh, negative. It's trying to, you know, limit abortion rights. And in all six of those states, reproductive freedom won. And, you know, that includes in places, as we've talked about, you know, quite a bit ever since, places like Kansas. These are not, you know, Democratic stronghold states, big blue parts of the country, a lot of really purple and red parts of the country. Abortion rights still won because 80 percent of Americans believe in the right to reproductive freedom, even if they might make a different personal decision for them or for their family. And so, you know, I think is really, really important. And this is where the marriage between the anti-reproductive freedom and the anti-democracy movement is, you know, it's becoming a really, uh, a close marriage, um, is that, as you well said, Republicans in, you know, in their, uh, gerrymandered supermajority in Ohio, uh, they knew that if abortion rights went on the ballot, they would be state number seven or by then maybe, you know, more than seven to have abortion rights enshrined into law in their state. And they knew that getting uh getting to a win there would be too hard because states that are more conservative than Ohio were having outcomes that again were not what the conservative, extremist Republicans in Ohio wanted. And so what did they do is what they, you know, do over and over, these extremists in states like Ohio, is they decided to rig the game. And so that is what's on the ballot in August, as Edwin is getting you laid out beautifully. It's a two part election. There is a last minute uh, last-ditch effort by the Republicans in August, the time when elections don't typically happen, so folks are, who are working you know, many jobs and who are taking care of their families and who are doing all sorts of things and not necessarily sort of political junkies and paying attention to all this stuff, are not going to know that there's an election unless we do a lot of organizing to let them know and let them know why it matters. And So they know that the timing is last-minute. They know it's a tough timeline, and they also know that this is really confusing, right? Like, so there's an initiative and, or there's a ballot measure in August, and then there's another one in November. And in August, if you support democracy, you should vote no, but then you should vote, yeah. you know, it's all very confusing by design, right? And so I just think for every person who listens to your show, who um, is worried about democracy and reproductive freedom, getting involved in Ohio is going to be absolutely critical. We don't have to convince anyone to come to our side. We just need to get our side out to the ballot uh, or out to vote and we will win in August and we will win again in November. And again, it's coming up. It's right around the corner. It's August 8th. And something I'm really proud of is, you know, we have already swing left volunteers have been phone banking and then our affiliate organization vote forward launched a campaign for folks around the country to write letters directly to uh, women between the ages of 18 and 35 who, according to our targeting are likely to support reproductive freedom and democracy. And uh, within the first 24 hours, actually less than the first 24 hours, 40,000 people signed up to write those letters, downloaded letters at their homes uh, to start writing handwritten letters directly to those voters because Again, this is going to impact Ohioans directly. It's also going to impact all of us, because guess what? If we lose in August, if we lose in November, especially if we lose now in August from a momentum standpoint, the people that that's going to hurt is not just the people who will be impacted by the issue. It'll also hurt Senator Sherrod Brown's chances at reelection, because donors supporters will think, you know what? Ohio is too far gone. I'm not going to give him my $100 check. I'm going to save it for another campaign. The people who are going to suffer are Congressman Greg Landsman, Congresswoman Amelia Sykes, who are absolutely fundamental for our ability to win back a House majority. Um, They are going to have a harder time, again, convincing people that Ohio is a state worth investing in. And so uh, Ohio is absolutely a state worth investing in. And that investment needs to start now, and we need to win in uh, in August in order to keep that momentum up till November.
1: Listen, everybody listening, go to Swing Left's site and sign up. It's so important, and it's so much harder um, than it should be. You know that um, Ohio is also on the verge of passing a new higher ed law, um, mm-hmm. which is an appalling piece of legislation. But among the things that's going on, it's it's going to be harder for all of those students at Ohio State to vote. They're already making it harder with voter ID laws. Um, So so the very target population that Yasmin's talking about is one, the state is trying their level best to make it hard for them to vote.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. And they're uh, attacking from all fronts. So we've got to be doing the same and defending ourselves on all fronts.
1: Look, if you're frustrated and you're listening Please know that it's a lot of people, but only according to this poll I read at the beginning of the show, only 10% of Americans believe government is run by Satan worshiping pedophiles. Right? (laughs) I mean, and only 20% think the last election was stolen. It's an ungodly big number, but it's nowhere near a majority. Right? And they don't get to run the country. That's right.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really important point. Um, It it is so easy at any moment in this very long fight for our democracy to, to feel like we are losing hope and to read devastating news headlines because there's a lot of devastating stuff happening. And I think, as you said, the things that we ought to continue returning to and reminding ourselves of are, number one, that the vast, vast, vast majority of Americans, as you said, are with us. On every single one of these issues. I mean, you look at the polling for any issue that Democrats are fighting for, it's not 51%. It's like 80% of Americans are with us on uh, gun violence prevention, 80% on abortion rights, more than 80% on marriage equality. The list goes on and on and on. Well, I'm, and I'm, then you get. To,
1: banning. Yeah. Bank banning is off the charts. Book banning. It's like 3% totally, in favor of it.
0: Totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> But, you know, I think the I I remember, um, you know, I was I I joined briefly the Biden-Harris administration uh, as a quick detour from uh, electoral and organizing work. And something that I said then that I really believe now um, is that we were we believed in our bones in bipartisanship, not just in rhetoric, but in what we were doing in the administration of working with Republicans, working with independents on the ground. Who agree with what President Biden is doing? Who agree on all these issues? The peak where bipartisanship is dead is in Congress because the Republicans who are elected to Congress are such extremists. They are totally out of step with where Republican voters are, with where independent voters are. And that is why, again, that House majority is so slim. And I think it's really important for us to remember that, that when folks sign up to volunteer with Swing Left, by whether it's knocking doors, making calls, you know, even writing letters, the people on the other end are with us on everything. Even if by their name there is an R, there is an I, we're doing very little convincing. We're just talking to them about what's at stake and they're with us. We just have to make the case. And the final thing that's making me really, really hopeful is the momentum that we've been building since 2017 is growing. And I think that's really important for folks who maybe haven't volunteered for a while or haven't donated for a while or feel like it might be too early in the cycle, we've got to keep the momentum up and make this work year round, long term, a habit. And that is how we're going to win, um, of course, in twenty three and twenty four, but also for the long haul.
1: You talked a little bit about how we get dispirited because the news of you know the increasing velocity of outrages um, mm-hmm. is in our face all the time, <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, there's sort of two things to think about that. One, when a, when uh, autocratic power is losing, it's when they do their worst stuff. And so mm-hmm. they're losing and they're doing their worst stuff. But what we don't talk about enough, it's one of the reasons... Um, in addition to you just being fabulous and me enjoying talking to you, that I want you on this show, is that something else is happening, just isn't reported on the same way. The left, the people who aren't Mm -hmm. part of this right-wing nonsense, have organized. Mm -hmm. And there are organizations like Swing Left that didn't exist before. There are state parties that have got their act together, Democratic state parties, you know, in a new way. You know, I'm from Mm -hmm. Illinois where, you know, where politics was Always, the Democratic Party was um, sort of big labor and big mayors. And, you know, the -hmm. the labor is still part of the coalition, but it's different. The big mayors, you know, it's different. Um, Instead, we figured out the party organizations like Ben Wickler in Wisconsin, like uh, mm-hmm. LaVora Barnes in Michigan, now North Carolina, um, Arizona. The Democratic parties are organizing differently to actually create on right. for people. And then there are adjacent organizations like Swing Left that, right. that you know, for people who are just like, okay, I don't want to, want to be part of a party, but I'm, but mm-hmm. I'm party to the country. That there's a That's path. Right. To To get involved and so that so much of that's happened and people forget but what was the biggest protest in american history it was the women's march Mm, i I think the next biggest one was um, black lives matter just mass right right? so so when people are thinking oh my gosh there's nothing we can do with a big red wave right we see it every day they're just the outrages are all we see in the news open your eyes past those headlines listen to yasmin It's fabulous what's going on
0: to fight back. <laughs> um, I think, I think that it's so important what you said. And I also think, um, you know, I think there are a lot of folks who activated. Maybe they went to the Women's March. Maybe they um, started donating in a recurring contribution to um, an organization or to a campaign or whatever the case may be. I think the, the vast majority of folks on our side have done something, right? But not all of us have turned it into a habit. And... Um, you know, I think, as you said, we've got to turn it into a habit because we've got to rebuild our institutions, whether those are state parties, the outside organizations, um, you know, the actual sort of institutions of Congress. All of that is rebuilding institutions is generational work. So we've got to get into the habit. But I think it's also really important. Um, something I hear really often from folks is they gave their contribution, which was really meaningful for them, whether that was five bucks or 100 bucks. And then they just felt like an ATM machine, and they just felt like they were getting bombarded, whether with emails or texts or phone calls. You know, if you don't donate another $5 right now, and that $5 might have been really meaningful for the donor. If you don't give another $5 by the end of the day, then you obviously, you know, hate democracy or whatever, right? And so I think there's also something really important, and this is why I really believe in our work at Swing Left, which is. If we are serious, and we are as a party and as a movement, about the long-term, year-round work that also requires rebuilding our institutions, then we've also got to rethink um, the relationship and the sort of social contract that we've got with the people who are donating those $5 or who are making phone calls for 30 minutes or who are writing letters for an hour on the weekend. And that cannot be a transactional relationship where people come out feeling like ATM machines and come out feeling candidly more discouraged. And, we've got to treat yeah. folks like partners in the fight, you know?
1: Well I guess that's partly what I meant by talking about a new form of party and new organizations that's like right. yours. Because that's you right. don't treat people that way.
0: That's right. And we're we're really serious about it. I will I will leave this job if we start treating people differently than how we do. I mean it's my yeah, predecessors yeah. deserve So much credit for setting a really, really uh, sort of inspiring model here, which is, and we have the the words out in black and white on our website, which is, we never sell our list to other organizations. We are never going to ask people for dollars uh, just to sort of push them, and because we think that that will, you know, lead to more dollars coming in. We're going to do it because of impact, and that is the north star of this work: is how does every dollar, how does every hour drive toward Maximal impact. And that, you know, if we want, if we, if we feel the urgency that we do, then that means that we've got to be as serious about building trust as we are about sort of AB testing and email and building trust, as you know, as every human who does this work knows that takes time. And so, um, you know, I hope that folks, uh, including the folks who may feel (laughs) disillusioned sometimes when they look into their email inbox and feel like they're just unsubscribing, um, you know, this is it's a commitment um, from the top to the bottom and all the way back up in the organization that we are never, ever going to treat people transactionally, um, whether they're volunteering or donating or here to learn. And that's also a lot of people don't have time and don't have money, but want to know what's at stake and talk to their friends about it. Um, and we view them as partners in this fight as well.
1: I was going to... Um tell people about uh, Donald Trump fundraising emails so we could compare and contrast here. But, but, I, so, but listening to you talk, something else came to mind that's so important. We talk about the fight we want to have um, and mm. why it's so important. We don't often mm. talk about the country we're trying to build,
0: but mm, just, I, just
1: I want people who heard, just heard that answer to hear the values that are in that answer Because this was about politics, but it was also about building a community where we treat each other with respect, where we treat each other as humans, as we want to be treated Mm -hmm. ourselves, where everybody gets to be involved and play the role that they can best play. This is about the country we want to build. It's not just Mm -hmm. about the campaign we're in. They're related. They're not Mm -hmm. identical, but you have to hear that right and it's that's not right. the same email that you get from donald trump or in, in right. my case from one of his kids yeah that's right yeah <laughs>
0: well i'm sorry that you're on a kid's email list that seems like a very dark email list to
1: be honest. oh but can, no, can i tell you i just i, I might as well it was a, it was a, b- before the indictments but it was like Dad's birthday's coming up, and I noticed you haven't signed his card, and he's going to be asking about it. So for an extra $5, I can get you on the top of the birthday card, right? Such – well, I can't say it on radio. Such nonsense.
0: Such nonsense. (laughs) It does make me um, feel a little, you know, sort of more hopeful about our targeting, so that if they've got you on their targeting list, it means that they really don't know what they're doing in targeting their base.
1: It, it didn't come to me directly. It was forwarded to
0: me. Okay. No. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I think it's really important. I think it's important that, you know, uh, Danielle Allen is, uh, uh, runs the philosophy department at uh, Harvard University. She talks about how we need to move into a sort of power sharing agreement of um, we're not just looking for, of course, we want brilliant professionals to run our government. We want brilliant professionals to come up to, with the right policy solutions, etc. But we also want to be in a power-sharing, you know, agreement with being people with skin in the game of the fight for our democracy. And I think about that a lot with swing-left groups around the country. These are not folks who are, you know, they're not without their opinions. They're not without their extreme sort of talents and skills and agency in our politics. And what I really love, and it's not sort of our original model. This is the model on the Obama campaign. This is the uh, Obama—this is the model on— So many long-term organizing uh, networks, including, you know, the Industrial Areas Foundation that sort of built the model of relying on the talents and the skills of people who don't work in politics full time and who have other careers and other interests and other professions, that relying on them to be partners in the rebuilding of our democracy. And that is, I think, as important as getting those brilliant technocrats uh, to come up with the best policy solutions, et cetera. Because, you know, I think what's incredible about the model of this democracy and has been true in the best moments of our history is that ordinary people have been the ones leading the fight, not deferring exclusively to experts. And, you know, experts, we've got a role to play. We've got to send the targeting to say this race is more competitive than the other. But volunteers on the ground have so much to add to the conversation, to leading the fight, to creative tactics. I mean, the creative tactics that our volunteers come up with that we can then spread the word about to others. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really important. And uh, and the kind of, the way that we've got to rebuild is not just non-transactionally, but is that kind of power sharing model.
1: Yes, but I hear that. And I think, once again, the secret to restoring our confidence in, Our democracy, as important as the federal government is, and we have to win these fights, but to pay attention and to be part of local government, where everything is about, you know, sharing with people, where you really, people have an easy path to not just participating, but to validating what a politician says, right? Or what the media says, right? If the local reporter says, Yasmin opened a record record store on Clark Street, sounds crazy, right? But I can go by and see Mm -hmm. it for myself. And and it's Mm -hmm. it's reality affirming. It creates a sense of community, creates a sense of partnership. Um, So so, while all this work is so important to win these national elections because of the great damage that can be done Mm -hmm. um, and the great good, um, yeah. The focus on local government um, is going to make the biggest difference in our faith in the democracy. And um, that's just a full circle way to say go sign up on our site because what's going on in Ohio is local and it touches everybody.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, things are, um, are tremendously important to achieve. We have to make, uh, uh, we have to achieve some serious inroads at the local level. Uh, but we also have to think nationally about the balance of power. So I think it's, mm-hmm. it's a both and, and as, as you also implied in that, and that sort of the, the great example of a, of a reporter talking about what's going on locally is, you know, it's, it's, uh, the pie of our democracy has many slices. There is, making sure that we're having a big impact on national um, and state elections. There's getting involved locally. It's also investing in um, the sort of rebuilding of our local press. I mean, I remember early in my organizing career, um, just sort of like having to scan through six pages of essentially spam in the Des Moines Register to be able to actually see what was happening in the state capital, Capitol, what was happening on our local city council to be able to do my job as an organizer. And I think that, that we've only seen things Further deteriorate, but there are so many ingredients to the pie of our democracy, and I know that your listeners are—you know—they're among the most sort of sophisticated advocates for our democracy. So they know that each piece is interconnected. Um, and our position at Swing Left is we're not the whole pie, but absent winning those critical elections to shift the balance of power. Uh, we're going to be missing a fundamental piece of the pie, um, but I hope folks are also supporting their local newspaper, supporting local elections, and, you know, supporting all sorts of other ingredients in the
1: the pie. You are the best. It's so fun to talk. Um, It's so much fun, Edwin.
0: Thank you. And thank you for hosting, um, you know, the day before Father's Day. I'm sure you have a big weekend ahead. I hope you're being celebrated, and thanks, as always, for... Uh, such a great show and such uh, meaningful conversations that it means a lot to be a part of it.
1: Talk to you soon.
0: Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Bye. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, um, uh, Indivisible's director of democracy policy, Megan Hatcher-Mays, joins us. Stay tuned.